0: You know, when you watch a a drama like that, um, you might sit there and think, it's a little far-fetched, you know, this kind of stuff doesn't really happen, Um, pressing a point maybe a little bit deeper and a little farther than you want, but uh, the reality is, uh, this drama was written uh, based on a true story, um, where that very thing took place where the one who actually hit their son uh, was forgiven completely and received adoption into their family. And, uh, man, I tell you, moving like that, you think about that, the emotions on this couch, um, the emotions that I'm sure that all of us have felt at some point or another where we've been hurt, where something has been stolen from us, something has been robbed from us, um, the anger, the pain. Um, but also, you flip that around, and sometimes you're the one who's sitting on the couch, and you're the one who you know has done something that seems unforgivable. And uh, and I tell you, so the, that's what we're talking about today. Um, we're talking about this ability to, uh, to keep our relationships together, and the, really the only way that that can really happen is through forgiveness. And um, what's crazy, you guys, this morning is uh, <laughs> sitting here, David Shad, who's right down here. He um, got a hold of me after the service, sent me an email, and uh, and then uh, wanted to talk this week because this was this is a very similar story for him. Uh, back in o- October fourth his mom and dad were uh, driving down the road and a guy was texting. So those of us who text in your car might want to think again about this. So he was texting and he actually ran through the red light and broadsided uh, David's mom and his dad. His mom was uh, 83 years old. His dad was 92 when this took place. And uh, his dad died the very next day. Um, His mom was in intensive care. For three weeks and went through therapy for another four months um, and David told me that every time he would call his mom to find out how she was doing, the thing she would always say back to him was, "All she was doing was praying for emery and emery 's the guy that hit hit them and uh, so, as they were going through this through all the the pain and all the suffering, her desire was so much in her heart was that emory. Would really find the healing and the forgiveness and the freedom after doing something that you know was destroying his life. Um, Dave, I'm actually going to read the email you sent me, if that's cool. Um, so his sister uh, emailed him as uh, as the as the, the sentencing took place, and here's what she said: "Mom went to the sen- sentencing. Sentis- excuse me. Mom went to the sentencing today, and everything went quickly and smoothly." Mr. Roy received a $500 fine, one year probation, and one year license revoked, and he must serve 80 hours of community service. And then she capitalized, no jail time. This is what mom wanted. She was able to address the judge and ask for the lightest sentencing possible. Mr. Roy came to mom after it was over and expressed how sorry he was for the death of dad and gave her a big hug. She told him she is still and is still praying for him and that she has forgiven him and that no one in the family is angry with him. The prosecuting attorney said with tears in her eyes, she wished that more people were as gracious and forgiving as mom. See, this stuff happens. (laughs) In real life... Man, I I just, you just know that, I mean, you can see the prosecuting prosecuting attorney was deeply affected and everybody had to be affected by that in the courtroom. And who knows the change in this guy's life that's going to happen because somebody, David's mom wanted to offer him forgiveness for something that he had done. And here's the other thing though, too, as David and I talked on the phone together, is his mom would have every right to be extremely bitter right now. And yet she's not. And isn't it weird? Like, Because that's how you say you, you, she has every right to be bitter. And like, who wants to be bitter? <laughs> See, we, we, we say, I have the right to be angry. And who wants to live the rest of their life angry? <laughs> and the right to be bitter, and yet she's not bitter. So the most amazing thing is Emery's free, and she's free. <laughs> and this is what's radical about real, deep, true forgiveness that can take place. And I, I just tell you, I mean, it's amazing too, because I, I know it's kind of a heavy way to start the message here today. And yeah, we just wanted to dive right in. And I just think how amazing to watch a drama with a mom and then to hear about Dave's mom. And I, I don't know about you, man, I'm thinking about my mom like crazy. And I just think of all the time, you know, I told Susan, I go, well, this is a perfect day to talk about forgiveness, because isn't that all moms do? <laughs> I mean, all moms do is just forgive and forgive and forgive, and man, I'm dying to be honest with you. Emotion, I'm just really raw, so bear with me. Um, my sister sent me a picture of my mom yesterday. Um, you guys who don't know me, she passed away uh, from cancer back in 1990 at 54 years old. And uh, so I don't know. So for some of you today, you know, Mother's Day, our our day is going to be great. Can't wait to celebrate with Sue's. Some of you are hurting today, like me. Because your mom's not here but man to be able to just stop and think <laughs> i've got so many stories i wish i could share with you where i'm just amazed at the grace my mom gave me I, I can't believe how many times she's forgiven me and because my mom was able to give me grace and forgive me i was able to i mean we just had this amazing tight relationship it was so close because her love for me overruled all the goofiness that i did and so I just want to say, hey, happy Mother's Day to all you moms. And thank you for all of your forgiveness. Thank you for all of your grace. Thank you for all of your love. It, If you are a gracious, loving, forgiving mom, you change people's lives. You change our lives. And so it's just an amazing thing as we, as we think about that today. Because the truth is, you guys, this is, this is just a broken world, man. We're just, we're, it's just, you know, I, I've said here before that hurt people hurt people, right? And how many of you are hurt? <laughs> so the problem is, so we're all human beings and we, we've all been hurt. And so we just hurt each other. And there's no way to get around living this life without having something happen to you, without having something broken or having something stolen, being hurt and experiencing pain in some way. And so what do we do about that? Because the point is, as we've been sharing about this whole series, this is the final one in our series that we've been talking about, stuck like glue, how do we keep our relationships together? Because the reality, again, is every one of our hearts longs to have relationships that last. That's what we want. And yet, every time you get beat down or let down or broken or rejected or dismissed or whatever, it just, it's like it drives a wedge into your relationship. It, it starts to pull you apart. But every act of forgiveness brings you back together. And so, I, I just want to remind you again of, of, of all of us who are here to, to just, as we, as we conclude this series, remember your own heart. Your own heart longs to be connected. It's what it was created for. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, if you're, if you're a Christian, then what's happened is his spirit has actually come and is living inside of you and his spirit is one of unity. It's a spirit that always works to bring people together. That's one of the things I love about Jesus. It's one of the things I love about his teaching. It's one of the things I love about the way he lived. And as we're gonna talk about today, it's one of the things I love about what he did for us is Jesus and his spirit inside of you is always asking us, to move towards each other. And in a broken world with human beings, the only way that that is ever going to happen is if we'll actually forgive each other. All right? So let me just read the passage from Ephesians 4 uh, that we're going to go into, and, um, and then we'll move in. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Get rid of all this stuff, because this is the stuff that tears us up. And instead, be tender-hearted and forgive one another and be kind. So, as I've been thinking about this, and Susie and I, you know, talk through this, and we just know some people just ask this question: Well, what is forgiveness? If I'm going to forgive, what does forgiveness mean? And what's interesting is there's, there's a prefix. There's two prefixes that mean that for. You have F-O-R-E, and then you have just F-O-R. If you use the prefix F-O-R-E, then what you're saying is there's something before that. So this was kind of interesting. I didn't know this. You guys can check this in all your books. Uh, some literary guy was saying how frustrated he gets when he sees the forward in a book misspelled. If it's F-O-R-W-A-R-D, it's completely wrong. It should be F-O-R-E because it's before. Here's what the prefix F-O-R means. It means to refuse. It means to stop. It means, no, you are refusing something. That's what F-O-R means. So, when you say, I'm going to forgive, what you're saying is, I'm going to refuse to give. That's what it means. You're saying there's something you deserve. There's something you should get. There is a sentencing that should take place and I refuse to give it to you. So if you forgive somebody, that's what you're doing. But what's really interesting in this passage, the word forgive there comes from the same word for grace. And you know what grace is? It's actually a gift. Grace is a gift. It's when you actually give somebody something that they don't deserve. And so when you forgive, you're saying, I refuse to give you what you deserve, and I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. Now let me just say a couple things too, because this is what forgiveness is not, and this is really important. Forgiveness is not forgetting it, okay? It doesn't mean to sweep it under the rug. Forgiveness is not the absence of anger towards sin. Remember last week, the scripture said, be angry. It's not the absence of anger. It's not ignoring a wrong that has been done. And here's what's interesting in some of the study uh, I did this week. is It's also not just a one-time deal. Real forgiveness is usually a process. Real forgiveness usually takes some time, some effort, some strength to really be able to do it. And here's the other thing that forgiveness is not. It's not easy. It's not easy. That's what we're going to talk about today. And yet it is the very gateway that keeps our relationships together. So how are we going to forgive and how are we going to keep them together? Okay, I just want to pray for us this morning as as we jump in. And I just want to ask you, as I'm praying, some of you might even know right now of somebody who's in your life where there's a wedge in there. And this could be your day to let that wedge be taken out and maybe brought back together. And again, I just want to remind you, if, you're, if you would say, if I said, hey, if you're a Christian today, raise your hand, and you would raise your hand, you've got to see this right here. It's actually a command from God. We have a call from God. We are to forgive, to refuse to give, just as God has refused to give to us what we deserve. All right? So let's pray, and then let's ask Jesus to come and bring some healing and some restoration and some hope and some strength today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your forgiveness. God, as we look at this today, I just pray that you would come and bring um, insight and hope and revelation and the reality of our own hearts and our own relationship with you, how you are so committed that you would do anything, to bring us back together with you. This oneness of relationship, God, is what you're all about. And so, Lord, as, we, as you desire us to experience that, not just with you, but with each other, I, I just pray for all of our hearts in this room. Because as we talk about forgiveness, God, we're going to talk about hurt. We're going to talk about pain. We're going to talk about suffering. We're going to talk about stuff that's tough. And yet, at the same time, we're going to talk about the greatest love in all the world. So, Dad, I just want to ask right now that you might just come through the power of your Spirit and speak your truth to us and set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I love this, you guys, when it says, <clears throat> get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger and harsh words. And we just, if you weren't here last week, we talked about anger and the effects that anger can have on you. See, it's really interesting because uh, even like there's a, there was actually a study at Stanford University called the Stanford Forgiveness Project and Mayo Clinic as well. These, these really top intellectual organizations who study and research and they've just studied. Let's, let's find out what happens when people don't forgive and when they forgive. See, because there are effects to unforgiveness. If we if we can't forgive, and, and even these guys are finding this out, Stanford's uh, results were this: that it lessens. If you forgive, it lessens the amount of hurt, anger, stress, and depression. You become more hopeful, optimistic, and compassionate. There are fewer symptoms like backaches and muscle tensions, and dizziness, headaches, and upset stomachs. You have better sleep patterns, energy, and appetite. How's that sound? <laughs> I mean, that sounds good, right? Isn't it crazy? And so here's God just saying, hey, can I just tell you guys this stuff, this, this forgiveness stuff, you know, if you don't do it, it kind to eats you away. And now we've probably, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of dollars we've, we've done on studies to figure out. Yeah, it screws us up. All right. So Mayo Clinic, comes in and says, you'll have healthier relationships. You'll have greater spiritual, emotional well-being. You'll have less anxiety, hostility, stress, symptoms, and symptoms of depression. You'll have a lower risk of alcohol and substance abuse. See, this is what's great. So if you're here today, and again, you're just wondering about Jesus, if you're investigating Jesus, why I love the fact that scientific evidence, now science is just proving what God has just said to us. This is what I'm like, I'm good, I'm right, and I forgive. And if you guys will do the same thing, it will be the best thing for your life, okay? Now, those of us who are sitting here and we're saying, man, I am a follower of Christ. I believe and I've received the Spirit of God inside of me. Then part of us needs to say, then let's start doing this. Let's start living this. See, God has said, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full, So your choice, as I go through this message today, is simply to say, am I going to believe God? Am I going to believe Stanford University? Am I going to believe Mayo Clinic? Am I going to believe? As I've been saying this whole time, we've got to stop trying, and we need to start believing. And I think this can help set us free. So the question is, why don't we forgive? If we know that all of this stuff, if unforgiveness destroys our relationships, destroys us physically and emotionally and spiritually... Why is it that we will want to sit here and hold on to our bitterness? Let me just give you a few reasons why I think we do. For some of you, and this is the toughest one, for some of you, you have have been treated so unbelievably unfairly. And you have experienced legitimate pain, and the pain right now is just too deep that is so embedded and it hurts so much that you haven't been able to find the freedom to be able to do that. And I just, I just want you to know this is where Jesus and the reality of a living, loving, the reality of a God who's more powerful and gracious and compassionate can truly touch those places and heal you. But for some of you today, that's why you can't forgive. It's just, it just hurts too much. Some of you, you feel like if you forgive, then you fear that you'll just be wronged again. (laughs) Well, if I just forgive them, then they'll feel like they can do it again. And so you've got to withhold that because you're you're protecting yourself. Some of you actually desire vengeance. You, This was done to you and right, you can't help it. You've got to listen to last week's message. The anger is still inside of you and you want to get them back. Some of you, now this is a tougher one, but some of you don't know any other way to live except by being a victim. And here's the problem, you guys, with being a victim. Is if you're a victim, then what happens is you constantly point to everybody else who's making your life hard. And here's the point. Everybody else is screwed up. And if we've got to be able to be freed from... But we don't know. Some people can't get out of the victim stage because if I can't point fingers at other people then I'd really have to look at me, and that's just too painful. And so we don't want to forgive. Some people just demand justice. I'll forgive once they've paid the price. Okay? It's going to be conditioned on that. And then, some of us, I think, there's just, and I think all of us, actually, if you can't forgive, then really what you're saying is, somehow, that person, you're a little bit above them. Because you would never do that. And so you actually feel a little bit superior. If you can't forgive somebody else, there'll be something inside your heart that's saying, that's because I'm a little bit better. All right, so here I got three questions for you, okay? That I want to try to help you answer today. The first one's this. Will forgiveness start in you? It's got to start somewhere. If, 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 if forgiveness doesn't, it's just a cycle of pain, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. And we just go, somebody's got to start. And so my first question is, will forgiveness start in you? <clears throat> and if you look at, again at the passage, it said, we need to forgive one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. One guy that I read this week, he said this, <clears throat> an unforgiving heart is an unforgiven heart. An unforgiving heart is an unforgiven heart. And I would just basically put it like, I think what he's saying is this. Until you have received forgiveness, you don't really have that power to give it away. And again, for some of us, you guys, and this is, I had a guy, I was meeting with a guy this week on Monday, and he just asked me, he said, man, Dave, how do you forgive? And I just want to tell you, for me, The only way, the power that I feel like I have within me to forgive anybody else is because when I look at everything that I've done to God (laughs) over and over again and rejected Him and lived against Him and not listened to Him, and He forgives me of everything. (laughs) See, that's it. Once you have finally come to the point where you have received God's forgiveness... It's like you look at everybody else and just say, how can I not give you what I have? And, and so for some of you, um, if this is true, that an unforgiving heart is an unforgiven heart, I, I know for some of you, it's just you actually just don't think you need God's forgiveness. And if you've never needed God's forgiveness, then really that means you think you're okay. You've achieved some sort of status of goodness that doesn't bear the need for God's forgiveness. Here's the problem with that. As soon as you think that you're good enough, then you can look at everybody else. You have a standard that now they can't meet. You have a way to judge other people for their sin. So if you can't, if you've never felt the need to receive God's forgiveness, then it's gonna be hard, I think, to forgive somebody else who's really hurt you. Here's the second thing. Some of you are in here and you totally believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And you you had repented from your sin, and yet you still have trouble forgiving other people. And that the reason is, is because even though you could repeat back to me, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for my sins, the reality is you still don't believe that he has completely forgiven you. There are so many people who sit in churches all the time who are still trying to be good enough to get God to forgive them. And if you're still trying, then what you're saying is, I still got to be my own savior. I can do this, God. I can be good enough. See, so the same thing's happening. You're still trying to be good enough. And if you're trying to be good enough, you're still basing your behavior as the standard. And that's why, again, you can look at somebody else and say, hey, you're not trying to be good enough. I'm trying to be good enough. Why aren't you trying to be good enough? And now you can withhold forgiveness. But once you finally have said, no, I've received forgiveness. All of it. I'm telling you, a forgiven heart can offer forgiveness. And In fact, you guys, all through the Bible, Jesus talks about this all the time. If you're claiming to have been forgiven by God, and yet you don't offer forgiveness to other people, you actually haven't received the forgiveness of God. So, believe it. Quit trying and believe. When he was on the cross, all of it, everything you've ever done was in there. And when that happens, man, I don't know about you, for me, that's when I fell on my face. That's when I rejoiced in God. That's when the gospel became really good news to me. And that's when I finally could look at everybody else. And as we said a few weeks ago, the gospel's the point is I'm messed up and I'm loved and you're messed up and you're loved. And why do we expect anything different from each other? why are we expecting anything different? Okay. Will forgiveness start in you? Here's a second one. Will the pain stop with you? Will the pain stop with you? This little phrase haunted me this week. Here's what it says. The cross says the pain stops here. Jesus on the cross, when he died for us, what he was saying was, the pain stops here. Now, what does that mean? If we're going to forgive each other, just as Jesus forgave us. See, there was a transaction that took place on the cross. Jesus actually absorbed our pain. You guys, if you read the, if you read the accounts, Jesus wasn't up there like with all these flowery feelings. Because if you want to forgive somebody, what do you want to do? You want to feel forgiven, right? You just want, hey, you know, I don't even feel any pain anymore. When Jesus was on the cross, he was feeling it. And it was called suffering and anguish. And he cried out to God, why have you forsaken me? It was excruciating to provide forgiveness. Listen to this Old Testament passage of prophecy in Isaiah 53. says, surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. So you guys, you know what happened on the cross? Is Jesus took your pain, your suffering, your sin, your wrongdoing, and he absorbed it into himself. And he said, the pain stops here. What you deserve is pain. I mean, I just feel like a parent right here, man. I'm telling you, this is when the kids do something wrong and like, right? You just, ooh, I just want to get you back for what you've done to me. I mean, you just do. Let's inflict some discipline and some pain. And here's what the cross says. You know what? I do not want to inflict on you the punishment you deserve. The pain stops here. And he absorbed it. This was probably the biggest thing I learned this week. If you and I are going to forgive each other just as Christ forgave us, then you are going to have to absorb the pain. And you're going to have to say, the pain stops here. I'm going to tell you something. That is not easy. The Bible talks all the time about how we're supposed to share in the sufferings of Christ. And I think forgiveness is one of the biggest ways we share in his suffering. Because what we're saying then is this, I am not, you hurt me and I'm not going to hurt you. I am not going to give you what you deserve. The pain stops here. Shannon and producer was talking us through this this morning and just hit me it's like how in the world does jesus do that for us here's why because his love is perfect see jesus god's love you guys is never based on the condition that you do something for him that's why he could say i will take all of it on me because i want you to know how much i love you I love you enough to even take all of your sin against me and absorb it within myself and not give it back to you. That's crazy. You know, as a human being, God is giving us every opportunity to love the same way He loves. And and here's the point, you guys this is why it's a process, this is why it's painful. Because, and this is, as my brother-in-law was say, this is why it even feels bloody at times. Because what we're saying is, I'm going to take that in, and I'm not going to give it back to you. I'm going to choose to love you, even though you don't love me. You don't love me, and I'm going to love you. How am I going to love you? I am going to forgive. I am going to choose to not give you. I'm going to refuse to give you what you deserve. And you guys, if we're going to keep our relationships together, any relationship we've got, we're going to get hurt. You're going to have every right to withhold something from your wife or your husband. You're going to have every right to withhold stuff from your spouse. That would be your wife and husband. You're going to have every right to refuse stuff from your kids, from your co-workers, from your stranger, from the guy who hits you and broadsided and stole your husband. You're going to have every right to hold on to that and be bitter and angry. But I'm telling you, Once you know that Jesus absorbed all of your pain, now all of a sudden you have, I have the right to be free. And I have the right to set you free. And the only way we are ever going to experience relationships that are one, because if you get close to any human being, they're going to let you down. You get close to any human being, they're going to give you pain. It's the forgiveness of Christ experienced in your very being that gives you the power to bring it together. And that's why God says, have you received my forgiveness? Really? Really. If you have, then give it. And here's what's crazy, you know? Every time you forgive somebody, people get to taste the love of God. People get to experience the grace of Jesus every time you forgive somebody. It's powerful stuff. So we're going to come up here now and, um, and do a, a closing song. And um, it's a very familiar song that some of you are going to know, but it, it says it so well that we just wanted to, to, to do it here. Because it's going to say, forget it, it's all about forgiveness. Even if you don't love me anymore. Now, as we do this, you guys, later in this service, we're going to take communion. You guys, and this is why I think Jesus said to take communion. Because he said, you guys, you're going to have such a tendency to forget. You're going to have such a tendency to forget all that I've forgiven you. Can I? I just want to beg you and urge you. When you take communion today, when you hold the bread and the cup, and Jesus said, remember, this is my body broken for you. Remember, this was my blood shed for you. I want you to hold it for a minute and I want you to think about everything that he has absorbed in himself and absolved you of. And then you take that and what you have, you think about giving it to others. And I you guys, this will change the world. This will change the world if we'll live like this. Let's do it.